Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Deep Dive, a Dallas County Public Defender podcast that seeks to educate, inform, and expose all our listeners to what is really going on in the American justice system. I am your host, Lynn Pride Richardson. I am the Chief Public Defender for Dallas County, and I am proud to head the largest public defender office in the entire state of Texas. Our office is made up of hardworking, dedicated lawyers, investigators, social workers, mental health case managers, and community engagement specialists who are committed to providing holistic, client-centered representation to all our clients in the criminal, juvenile, family, and mental health courts in Dallas County, Texas. We are all about criminal justice, reform, and ensuring all our clients receive the best advocacy and representation possible. We call this podcast The Deep Dive because we just don't intend to scratch the surface of a problem like so many others do, but we are committed to diving deep into the system to expose, yes, expose, the failures, the problems, and the inequities inherent in our system of justice. To all our Deep Dive podcast listeners out there, we are so fortunate to have as our guest for this inaugural podcast two incredible, impactful, outstanding individuals who help manage and operate Dallas County government. I am extremely happy to welcome and introduce you to one of our guests who happens to be my boss. I report to him as a department head heading up the Dallas County Public Defender's Office. It's Daryl Martin, who is the county administrator. As the Dallas County Administrator, he is responsible for the day-to-day operation and oversight of Dallas County government under the direction and authority of the Dallas County Commissioner's Court. Now, Daryl holds both a bachelor's and master's degree in social work from the University at Albany, State University of New York. He also has a master's degree in public administration and a certificate of public management from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. He is the husband and father to two wonderful daughters and a mentor to me and others in the profession who have benefited greatly from his management, his advice, his training as part of his Dallas County Leadership Academy. Welcome, Daryl Martin, to the Deep Dive. Our next guest needs no introduction, especially if you live in Dallas County. Although he is known both nationally and internationally, even in faraway places like the continent of Africa. He actually has a school named after him in Kenya. Maybe he'll tell us a little more about that. But for those listening to our podcast who are not familiar with the individual who his constituents lovingly refer to as our man downtown, I would like to introduce to you Commissioner John Wiley Price. Commissioner Price grew up in Forney, Texas, not far away from the city of Dallas. He represents District 3 of the Dallas County Commissioner's Court. He is actually the ranking member of the court, having served for 38 years. He is, in fact, the longest-serving elected official in the county's 173-year history. Commissioner Price is the hardest-working man in Dallas County. He serves on a number of boards and commissions. I'm only going to name a few because we would be here all day if I listed everything but he's chair of the Dallas County Civil Service Commission, chair of the Jail Population Committee, vice chair of the Dallas County Juvenile Board, chair of Dallas County Jail Sanitation and Maintenance Committee, vice president of the Dallas County and Housing Finance Corporation, 
Chair of Public Health, Advisory, Bioterrorism and Safety, and the list goes on and on. I welcome you, Commissioner John Wiley-Price, to the deep dive. I would like for both of you to tell our listeners for the Deep Dive podcast a little bit about your background. Well, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not an interesting background. I, I started off, I'm from New York originally, you can probably tell from the accent. Uh, um, I'm from New York. I started off as a drug and alcohol counselor and eventually worked my way into the city of government, city government in Albany, New York, and made my way from Albany, New York to Clark County, Nevada. It's director of social service there. Moved up to assistant county manager, and there was a position open in Dallas County, and somebody said, I should look at that position, and I looked at that position, and here I am 14 years later. Why the transition from social work to public administration? It was an accident. I mean, I, I was really enjoying what I was doing as an alcohol counselor. I was ru running a residential drug treatment facility, and uh, the mayor of the city of Albany, uh, who and I worked very closely with, because as most governments, I got a lot of my funding running this nonprofit from city government. Um, he must have liked what I was doing, so he asked me to come work in his, in his cabinet. So uh, I fought that for quite a while and then decided, you know what? I think I can make more change by being on the inside than I could from being on the outside. So I took him up on his gamble, and you know, I mean, the rest is history. Okay. Commissioner Price. Wow. I mean, such a history. First of all, how did you decide, or why did you decide, to take this path that ended you up in county government? Well, I think there were a lot of people who took interest uh, in my direction. I came out of Forney, Texas, stumbled into Dallas, first bright lights I saw, got involved uh, basically through El Centro in, in what they call student government, uh, moved out with some little group called you know, Alpha Phi Omega, started um, uh, redoing houses for seniors and just, just became involved and immersed. Got involved, 19 years old, got appointed to the Martin Luther King Board. Uh, at that time, it was called Crossroads Community Center Board. And God just made my path cross with all of the, the history makers, the Al Lipscombs of the world. Uh, and so at that time, we had a split between the community uh, who didn't trust the city and the city uh, didn't trust the community. And so I got appointed by the, the city, Gary Weber, and the others got elected uh, from, the, um, from the community. But you were pretty young. You know, I did some research on you. I was looking you up. And I saw that you came on the scene here in Dallas when you were about 23 now. Is that accurate? Well, uh, yeah, it was. But, but I had people like the Francis Dirks and the Pat Bakers of the world. These were what we call, we call them election judge, precinct chairs. They worked their precinct. And they had me working all over this state. I mean, I was in Fifth Ward knocking doors. I was in Abilene uh, knocking doors. I was in Potter County. Amarillo, Panhandle, a uh, guy by the name of Elijah Demerson came the first uh, black county judge from in that area. He was, a, was formerly a commissioner. And so Anderson County. And so they were just dragging me all over this, this state. 
and I just be became involved. When I ran for constable, uh, as you know, the paper ballots, I went to bed a winter by eight, and I woke up and uh, somehow some of the X's on the paper ballots had changed, and I lost by two heaven, so I, uh, I sued the, the Democratic Party. Wow. Yeah, it's, uh, I ran for constable. They just decided they didn't want me to carry a gun legally. So, I mean, I, I get it. I get it. I'm okay. So, uh, but, you know, when one door closes, other doors open. And I just, and I just continued to be, you know, involved judge, with Judge Steele. And it was interesting. We were talking about one of our judges now. I said, you know, the sad thing about the courthouse is that after 5 o'clock, nothing happens but booking in jail and magistration. And we got one of our new judges and I'll announce it in court, um, who's going to say from 5 until 7, her court's going to be open. And she's going to, I mean, we, 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 what Judge Cleo Steele and I did is that we started doing examining trials. You could not get a trial. You, I mean, you know, as you know, you're entitled to an examining trial. There may show probable cause. But nobody was doing them. And so, and Judge Steele, being a lawyer, he said, well, you know, well, let's try it. And so from 5 to midnight, you know, the courthouse was open. We were doing examining trials. We were, we were doing jail uh, management uh, before jail management. We were, we were personally recognizing people long before, you know, it became, you know, popular. And so while we call it pretrial, we were already doing pretrial you know, uh, let me see, 38 years, I've been a commissioner 30, almost 38 years, so we were doing it, we were doing it 40-something uh, years ago. So what inspired you to do that, you and um, uh, Cleophas Steele, to do something that nobody else had been doing? That's a question that I, I want to ask you, what motivates you to do things that other people haven't done? You know, I guess what motivated us was, is it again, People needed access, and, uh, and again, God works it all out. I mean, keep in mind, Linnell Jeter, 99% of the people don't remember Linnell Jeter. He was the engineer that was accused of robbing a Kentucky Fried Chicken. Joyce Ann Brown, who I later hired, you know, we did her examining trial. We did Linnell Jeter's examining trial. I cannot recall whether we did Randall Dale Adams, but we de definitely did Linnell's and, and Joyce's. And, of course, you know what happened with, 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 with both of them. Uh, but for uh, 60 Minutes and the Innocence Project and the kind of things you guys do now to, to do the deep dive and, and – they probably would have still been in prison. I think I think Linnell spent maybe three. Joyce spent nine years, five months, and 24 days. The book is called Joyce and Brown Justice Denied. I'm surprised and shocked at the number of people that don't understand how government works, and especially local government, city government, and county government. Really, when you're talking about um, issues and concerns that impact each of us as tax-paying citizens on a day-to-day -day basis, it's county government um, that has an impact. How can we educate people on how county government works? 
first let me just say that's a very, very good question. I'm glad you gave us an opportunity to talk about that because a lot of people know what local government is. They know what a city is. They know what the state is. Very few people really understand county government and how county government operates. Um, they know where the jail is. They know where court is, you know, uh, but they really don't understand how a county operates. And, you know, most counties operate the same way. You know, we have elected officials, um, and actually Texas, every county is exactly alike. We have four uh, county commissioners. We have one county judge who's elected countywide. Commissioner can talk more about that. Um, Texas is interesting because only the large urban county governments have my position, which is the county administrator. Um, yeah. Um, so there's only six of us in this entire state. Now, that's very different from any other county in of the, of the 3,900 other counties in the country, because most of them have county administrators. But that's, it's, it's a new thing here in, in Texas, not new to Dallas, not new to Tarrant County. Both of those counties have had a county administrator for years. I mean, my predecessor, I've been here 14, he was here 24 years. Uh, so, uh, which is one of the reasons why I came here, because of the stability. <laughs> um, as you know, many city managers, county managers, they last about five years yeah. or more, and that's, that's national, uh, because this is a trying job. Um, counties are very different from cities. You know, cities deal with potholes and trash. Um, counties deal with people, you know, and that's one of the things that attracts me to county government, because we touch the daily lives of people. You know, if you're thinking about the court system, you think about the public defender's office, the health department, you know, those are things that affect people's daily lives. So that's what attracted me as a social worker to county government. Uh, what's different about counties and cities, um, I have five elected officials I report to. Um, this city here in Dallas, um, my city manager has 14 elected officials he deals with. Um, you would think that's a lot, but that, that's on a day to day. I, in addition to my five I have to report to, I have 93 other elected officials I have to work with. And that's what's difficult because we have no authority or responsibility over those 93 other elected officials, but we have to work with them because they rely on us for facilities, inf information technology, HR, uh, the commissioner's course responsible for their budget. Um, so there's, we have to interact, but I have no control. So you provide the funding. The county provides the funding. Right. Um, and where does that funding come from? Funding comes from the people. It comes from the taxpayers. You know, we have one major funding source, and that's property taxes. That's it. You know, we have fines and fees that cover most, a lot of it, but the most of it comes from property taxes. I think 63% of our budget is from property taxes. So, Commissioner Price? First of all, what is a county? A county is nothing but a political subdivision of the state. I don't care how many people move in, relocate to this state. We're going to have 254 counties, and they're going to be divided constitutionally, as Mr. Martin said, into four quadrants. That's it. And near as equal in population. That's what the Constitution says. As he said... We set the tax rate, and then we set the budget. Every, every uh, county do doesn't have a, a jail. We, we, we have a jail that's larger than 80% of the uh, cities in the state of Texas. We've got a, we've got, we've got a medium-sized hospital that we are responsible for. You can, you can call it, and that's not just infirmary. That's 300 beds that we're responsible for. But 70% of what we do is 
criminal justice. I mean, we got the civil side, but we got criminal justice. And so here we here comes you know the public defender's office. And I, and I got to say this not because I'm here. And I've, I've said it before. I mean, yeah, we we, we spent about thirty three million dollars on attorneys, twenty million in the public defender's office, and then the judges under the Separation of Powers Act upon another you know thirteen million. Now. But you know the difference is, the difference is public defender's office is accountable. It, it, it's tantamount, as far as I am concerned, to the Innocence Project. It, 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 but the only somebody who can hold the, the court-appointed lawyers responsible and their feet to the fire is the judges who appoint them. That's, that's another difference, mm -hmm. is that we're, we're not a home rule county. Mm -hmm. And there are home rule counties that operate much like cities, which means mm -hmm. I can go and make a law that say I can tow that car. We can't even tow a car in a parking lot because we don't have the authority, and we only have the authority that the state gives us. Mm -hmm. So we're an arm of the state. So we can't make a rule that says all judges will report the activities of appointed lawyers mm -hmm. because I'm sure if we were home rule, he'd have that law in place. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. The interesting thing about Texas is that Texas, um, which is different from a lot of other states, um, judges have the option to use either public defenders or court-appointed attorneys or both. Right. Mm -hmm. And here in Dallas County, for the, ma the majority of the judges are using both. And you were the one that recommended that we started one. So um, I, I, I really, really appreciate that coming from you. And I feel that's why we're committed, because you took that leap of faith, recognizing the importance and how successful uh, an effective office would be well, you, but you've performed, and, 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 and we're very proud. And not just in, in the area, across the state, across the nation. You know, you guys recognize your own committees. You're helping, to, as far as I'm concerned, to bring uh, best practices and policies to, you know. That's, that's what it's all about, meeting out the ends of justice, you know. And and that's what the only thing that keeps me going. I think 38 years later, I'm still I'm challenged every day. I get up. I'm challenged. I'm challenged to make this system work better. Let me just say, uh, I don't think he takes enough credit, but I agree with you. Uh, we would not have the public defender's office had not been for Commissioner Price and and his lay work and all the work that he's done. But I think what makes this office so successful is the people that he's chosen and put in place well before I got here. Ms. Richardson, you were here, and I think you put your team together, which is a solid team. We do have a phenomenal team of folk. I have Vicki Rice that's over our mental health division. I have Paul Blocker that is my first assistant, my right-hand person. I, I need to say this because, you know, the judges, they don't have to choose you, but you grew from 12 employees to 100 and, what did you say? 154 because of your management and because of the team that you put together and have assembled and your work, the work that you guys do, you've proven yourself. So that's why we grow. And that's why you're right. You know, we've had enough money to fund, you know. But they're cost effective. You're yeah, cost you're effective. Cost effective. You, you're, you're more than cost effective. Exactly. I mean, and that's one of the reasons, even with yeah. that great organization, umbrella, the Texas Under Defense Fund, uh -huh. they can't understand, you know, how you yeah. get 100 cases on misdemeanor, how you do 35, yeah. new, new, these are new cases, each month on felony side of the aisle. 
So, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's cost effective. Right. But I, I have, when, when you sit down and, 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 and look at the, the, the production and the performance, yeah. and what I like about it is, is y'all challenge the system. If it's, it's not there, and I'll go to your capital unit, you know, I'll never forget, you know, your, your one case in Dallas County, half a case, mm-hmm. uh, costs more than your entire, you know, capital unit. Mm-hmm. I've seen the production on your capital unit in terms of how they have performed. And so, I mean, that's what it is about these systems. We, we, we yeah. can't. And and I'll, I'll take this, and I know sometimes, uh, you know, Judge uh, Cruzo, district attorney, he, he, he he's not you know real real happy with me. We we've got to we've got to basically challenge everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody is above being challenged. Okay, that's that's it. But we also the legislature takes, and regardless of what we basically deem is necessary. There's something called maintenance and operation, M&O, and debt service. And so, while Mr. Martin said, ad valorem taxes, property taxes, that's our basically our only revenue stream. We've got to manage within it. I have to present to these guys every year, myself and the budget director, a balanced budget. You know, I can't run the county um, like a lot of people run their households, you know, we can't be in debt, debt. we can't be have huge deficits. I've got to have a balanced budget to present to them every year that they have to approve September before September 30th by October 1st when the new year starts. So they're very limited resources, so hard decisions have to be made every single year, and that's why we go through the process, which is getting ready to start this March, where we start meeting with the department to start, you know, trying to figure out what is necessary in terms of what is absolutely necessary that you have to have and what are some things that can maybe wait. Um, uh, I, I love your office because you're, you're not shy, and I want your staff to hear this, about asking for whatever you need. Uh, and you're, not, you're also are very gracious about accepting what you get and making it work. <laughs> you know, um, you make it work every single year. You know, um, and, and I love about you, you keep asking. <laughs> the and the balance is, uh-huh. is that, again, Yours is about the ends of justice because right. I've seen in in your request, uh, as we do budget uh, debates, mm-hmm. you say if there's an appropriation, uh, an expenditure on the uh, public defender side, we probably need to look at the prosecution side as well. And I'm going to tell you something. That's almost unheard of. You know, proffering for the other side, not really for justice, for justice, reasonable injustice. I can't say that uh, that that's a return, but nonetheless, that doesn't matter. It's it's on it's on it's on us. You know, you know, and we're supposed to do it. That that's what we are supposed to do. You know, as as commissioners, make make sure. Just just like the sheriff's department. I, I, I can't, and, you, and everybody knows my, my slogan, I can't expect what I don't inspect. So I'm going to show up and look. I'm going to see what's going on. I, I need to make sure that individuals are being treated uh, humanely. This new generation does things differently. And I'm going to turn to you, Mr. Martin, because I know 
that um, fortunately a lot of us have benefited from your leadership academy, Dallas County Leadership Academy, people who are interested in becoming leaders and doing what you guys do. Um, but their attitudes about work are a little bit different. How do you deal with it in this environment? The, re the reality is, is that this is a 24-7 operation, and part of the Leadership Academy is, is, is I expose them to every part of Dallas County. Um, I think Ms. Rice can attest to that, that, you know, what we do is we, we want them to see how Dallas County operates, whether it's uh, Swift's, you know, that they go actually see the bodies. You know, they see what they do down at the, at the, um, at the morgue, at, at the medical examiner's office. They see what happens here at the jail. They see what happens at the public defender's office. I want them to see what happens all over this county so that they know, you know, this is not an 8 to 430 job. You know, this is not an 8 to 430 job. And I have the commissioners come in and share with them their experience. And Commissioner Price is my first speaker <laughs> from the commissioner's court. He sets the stage for that. But, you know, you can't, you can't, you know, I know there's a new generation and all that. We, we've got to try to make adjustments where we can. But in an environment like this, we can't. You know, you, you really can't. You've got to do a minimum of eight hours. And that eight hours may be 12 to 8, 8 12 midnight to 8 a.m. Because, because we've got oversight. Exactly. We don't get a chance again. We're right. political subdivision of the state. That's right. And in, as I just told most of what we're doing is custody. Right. So whether we're adult custody or juvenile custody, 2,500 individuals in the sheriff's department, 1,000 mm -hmm. in the juvenile department. That, that's half of our, our right. workforce. And both of those agencies have oversight. There are a lot of challenges. I mean, I, I used to tell them all the time, the trustee, that those individuals who are in custody who have minimal kind of offenses, um, the day we started putting more of them out on pretrial, it, it cost us over a million dollars. We had to go try to hire. So, Commissioner, why is that important? Because how much do we spend a month? Oh, we spend $12 million, $12 million every month just on the adult system in terms of custody. The jail cost us $12 million. Last year, and, and 12 times 12, then, you know, there's, 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 there's arithmetic out of foreign and multiplication, $144 million. But the, but, the, but the sheriff's department's budget last year was $197 million, primarily because of overtime. Got to be in compliance. You got the mandate. Sixty percent of the, the the people who work at fourteen hundred fifty individuals who are detention officers, sixty percent of them are females, which has its own set of challenges. You know, mothers in school and having to work mandatory. I, I get it, but that's why management is so important, though. That's the reason. That, that's the reason why because that that twelve million a month could easily be. 20 million. Oh, yeah. look, at, look at what some of our sister counties are doing in, in, in Harris County. You yeah. know, they're so full they have to send inmates out to other jurisdictions. And Outsource them out. to the tune of 23 exactly. million in Harris County, 18 million in Tarrant County. Exactly. And so, again, we, you know, we, we, don't, we, we, we don't have choices. That's right. So management at the end of the day, it, it, it's, 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 a, it's about, you know, good management. Because mismanagement costs you money. And the other side of it is when, again, you hear complaints about why can't you do more, it's like there's an option, your taxes can be raised, nobody wants 
to pay more in taxes. Nobody wants to pay taxes. I mean, I'm with the second largest county in Texas. We're the ninth largest county in the nation. But when you when you look at how we manage, we manage extremely well. Quick footnote: We did take out a hundred fifty million dollar bond. Uh, Last year. And it's a necessary bond. We wouldn't have done it if we didn't need to do it, but we have infrastructure issues we have to address. But let me just share that we did that without raising taxes. As a matter of fact, we lowered your tax rate and still were able to manage this tax note. So that, and that's, that's almost unheard of. So, um, but it's about management. Yeah. And, and, and because we have a double, triple A, uh, you know, bond rating. Uh, the bond rating, and Dr. Watkins and her staff um, applaud them. But the bond rating agencies said, we're going to give you the highest we can give you, but if we could give, it, give you a higher, we'd do that. It, it, it just it talks about good management. That, that's all bond rating. And people want your debt if they see you're, you're frugal and you're managing well. And, and, and again, keep in mind when you say, well, guys, are y'all talking about what y'all do? No, we, there's an outside auditing firm that comes in and determine whether or not we're managing well. Hello. Find us on Instagram at Dallas Public Defenders or visit our website, dallascounty.org slash government slash public dash defender. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The Deep Dive is a production of the Dallas County Public Defender's Office, and it is produced by Alexis McCallan, Vicki Rice, Michaela Himes, Paul Blocker, and Lynn Pride Richardson. <laughs>